Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You're home alone. You have an uneasy feeling in the darkness. Like someone or something is watching you. Why? Is it suddenly cold in this room? You hear footsteps, whispers, or even laughter. You go to check. You feel a presence behind you. And then the fear sets in. I'm K-Town, and you're listening to Paranormal Fears. Okay, so I've, I've written several books, um, and I'm in the process of writing another one, but the original kickoff to my writing um, career was definitely something that just, it happened to me, and it, it's not a memoir, but it was um, an absolutely bizarre answer to a prayer, and it kick-started this whole sequence of events that led me to where I am um, on the spiritual quest. So it, it involved a paranormal, uh, several <laughs> paranormal experiences at a house in, um, I'll just say, in uh, the area of West Virginia. Um, I did write it based on events, so I have to, you know, I, I'm very careful with where I where I point out the location, uh, of course, of the house. But the the incidents were um, fascinating, and they led to a lot of enlightenment on my part. So that's that. The fact that it happened to me was how uh, how I became interested in the the topic in general of paranormal slash spiritual. Got you. Okay. And, then, and mm-hmm. go ahead. No, go ahead. I want you to finish. Go ahead. Well, sorry. the name the name of the book is Rain No Evil because it involved water spraying inside of my house from nowhere. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Okay, we're going to get to we that. We didn't realize that at first. Yeah, we can get into that as you want to, but it was not apparent that it was coming from nowhere. Wow. Until, uh, I mean, for weeks. It, it took weeks for us to, to for that realization. Um, to, to realize it was coming out of nowhere. Yep, don't tell me about it. Stay, just hold on one minute. That's that's good. Um, all right, so let's, okay, let's stay with you for a second. So nothing, nothing before this you know, ever happened to you as a child? I mean, has it had, you know, ex- paranormal? I mean, did you ever wonder about it or maybe your parents, family mm-hmm. talked about it or anything like that? We didn't really talk about paranormal things. It wasn't something that was on the top 10 genres to watch or listen to back in those days. Uh, so I'm 53 and, you know, I graduated from high school in late 80s. So, no, we really didn't talk about it, but we did go to church. Um, I did grow up Pentecostal, so we had a lot of um, talk about spirit. 
just the word spirit, you know, and the Holy Spirit and, um, you know, I felt the spirit. So that sort of thing. But as far as the way we're talking about it with, with this topic, no, I have never really looked into any kind of, um, spirit beyond that. Uh, I had had a few, there were a few experiences, um, as a child. One that I can specifically uh, remember is, we heard some noise, and this was a different house. It was ironically across the river in Ohio, um, where I grew up. So I was I grew up in Ohio, a little town called Middleport, Ohio, and it was uh, my grandfather's house. He built it, and we heard something downstairs one evening. My mom and sister and I were home upstairs, and we all three heard it. We all came out into the center um, landing at the top of the stairs, and we we realized that. None of us were down there, so there wasn't anyone else home. So my, my father was a police officer then, and he was out on patrol. So uh, we all went in, you know, into mom's room, and she called dad, and um, she called her father, who lived in town, and they both come careening in you know, about the same time. There was no one downstairs, but what we had heard was like uh, paper, like someone would be like, just taking paper and crinkling it all up. Um, and you could say, well, that could be a mice or anything. True, but the, also the record player was playing, and it was playing a song that we had. We had the old um, 33s on at the time, and it, it was playing a song that we did play often, and it was on there, but no one had it on, and it had, we we all heard that song playing. And my we called, of course, my grandfather and my father, who was there to, to save the day, and um, – the, the record, it wasn't even on. The stereo was not on um, as we checked it out. So there was no explanation for why that that played. That, that's the only thing I can remember having um, that was really prominent right now in my mind as, as far as a paranormal experience as a child. Yeah, I bet, I bet you guys got really creeped out by that, though. You know, you know, you know because you know you didn't, you didn't play that. <laughs> you weren't playing the record player. It was just playing by itself, so... That's Absolutely. Crazy. And, you know, I've heard a lot of stories since then. My goodness. I, I was teaching. I, I will um, just interject here and let you know that I taught high school for over 20 years. So uh, I'm not just uh, totally um, loony, um, off base, <laughs> wacky chick. Um, but I, I did teach high school in a, a location that was famous for the Mothman. Um, so that was interesting, that, that whole area. Um, it was Point Pleasant, West Virginia, where I taught high school. So I just wanted to, you know, let you know and let the, the audience know that uh, because I was definitely into uh, at that point in later years, you know, into teaching about the Mothman. And at that point, a lot of the things had happened at the house. So I, I would hear a lot of stories from students and and from people in general as this happened to me. So I've heard probably as many as you have now uh, with you doing this type of podcast. Yeah. All right. Interesting. That area, whole area and that Mothman phenomenon really is interesting. Um, mm -hmm. Let me ask you, okay, so your book's called Rain No Evil. So tell me when this started, all this started for you to give us what year and kind of what was going on in your life at that point in time. This would have been, uh, approximately 2005, I'd written a, my first book that I wrote was for teenagers dealing with divorced parents. It was called The Ornery Angel. It's no longer in publication. However, um, my grandmother, 
uh, it, it had just passed and I was, um, I was really in a really dysfunctional relationship with my husband at the time. And we were high school sweethearts. We were married. We ended up being married for over 22 years. We've been divorced for several years now. But because of that situation, the the reason I wrote the book the way I did is because it incorporated the experience I had with paranormal and the catalyst for that change was the relationship. And I was in this dysfunctional relationship with him and really just cried out one day to God. Um, like I said, I had a very, very solid background in, in Christianity and in going to church and believing and praying and believing that your prayers were answered. And so I, uh, one morning had a, a very big argument with him and, and cried out for help for the relationship and for, you know, just, I don't know what to do, God. Um, it was a, a pretty angry prayer. And that's what kickstarted this whole thing with my house, but I didn't know it at the time. Um, I had to piece it together later, um, but water started spraying um, out of my house uh, from nowhere about three days later. And it did start with a drip on my oldest son's head, uh, and it proceeded from there to just literally be very erratic in different rooms, and uh, it made no sense. That was the thing. It made no sense. Uh, my my well, husband. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. So was, when it was uh -huh. dripping on your son's head, it was. Did it appear like it was coming from the ceiling, or where did it look like it was coming from? So it it didn't at first. We couldn't tell, and I say that because I was downstairs the very first night that it happened. My oldest son, who was approximately twelve at the time, came downstairs and said, "Mom, water dripped on my head." And my husband and I were watching TV. Well, I just looked at him and said, "Would you have what? Did you have a glass of water in your hand? You know, I'm thinking it splashed out, right?" He said, "No." And so, you know, again, it was nothing at all that I took serious at that moment. He goes in the kitchen. He goes back upstairs. He comes back down again later, and his his younger brother did, and they, they again said water dripped in the hallway. And so I finally got up and went in and my husband's deep in the show. He's not worried about this little bit of water, right? It's nothing. So we go in and, and I can see where the water had was definitely, there was a, a spot of water on the carpet. The stairs were hardwood, but they had a strip of carpet that were, you know, was down the stairs and the carpet was dark and it was wet. I stuck my finger in it. It was wet. So I look up to the ceiling right above that, which, it, it, we only had the two, you know, it was a two-story house with an attic above, and there was nothing seemingly coming from the area right above there. Nothing looked wet to the eye or anything, so it didn't make any sense. Um, and this was the this kept happening through several weeks. But what it what happened that same night, right after that, was I got settled down. I told the boys not to worry about it. Everybody, get back and do what you were doing, and. I sat back down, and all of a sudden, my, my, and my husband jumped up for this one, water like as if you can imagine someone standing at the top of your stairs. Now, we couldn't see the top of the stairs because there was a wall there, but we could see the front door very well, very clearly. And it was as if someone was standing at the top of the water, or at the top of the stairs with, let's say, a squirt gun or a water hose, right, and sprayed the front door. I mean, full force. I mean, whew, and it, it made a 
it was running down the wall. Like like one like with one of those super soaker. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It could have definitely. So I jump up, and he, my husband jumps up, and he was in law enforcement at the time too. So he's looking for a reason for what's going on now. And there, there was. I mean, the boys. I mean, he. There's no. My boys were ornery. They they were typical boys, but they were not. They were not stupid. <laughs> They would have not done that. But at any rate, you say, well, kids will do things you don't expect them to. True. But this happened for over a week. And, and even when they weren't around, it was happening. So Okay, wait, night, wait, wait. You know, hold on, hold on. This is mm-hmm. good. Let me ask you this. Did that just like one strong squirt of water and then it didn't happen anymore? Or did it just... Right. Okay, gotcha. It gotcha. just stopped. It's not pouring. It's running down the walls now at this point because of where it's sprayed. But it just, yeah, it just stopped. Both of the boys came running out. Um, my husband yelled and said, you boys, you know, get down here. What's going on? What are you doing? You know, of course, that's obvious. That's what we thought initially. And they're like, I don't know. Like, they heard it too. Everybody was out like, what's going on? And nobody understood. But it didn't make any sense. So I know this sounds very, very difficult to believe. I, I get it. But I'm just relaying my experience. Um, A lot of what happened, and there were so many things to cover. We couldn't possibly cover it in an hour of what what the entire um, situation was and the the various things that happened. But that was the main thing was the water. And that's why I went with the title, Rain No Evil. Okay, so hold on one second. Hold on, hold on. Okay, because of the water, got you. So that, okay, when it initially started happening, it happened that one time, one strong spray of water, and you said it happened uh, several times after that, just one time, and you never saw it. Okay, got you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so many times, I I wouldn't even be able to tell you how many times, uh, because this went on for, this went on for at least two weeks while we sought remedies. And I mean, we're talking, we had every contractor in the area we could get to come. We were, uh, we were ca- calling in neighbors and friends. And I mean, it, my husband's father had a very extensive, um, uh, expertise in, in construction. My father was in uh, construction at the management level. I mean, we, we had people coming through the house and, and none of it made sense. Sometimes when people were there, looking to help us uh, figure out what was going on. Sometimes it would actually happen. You'd be standing in the living room or whatever room, really. It happened all through the house, even in the basement. But if you were standing there and talking, you you would hear the flat, okay, on the wall. You would hear this, like as if someone had a water hose on jet stream. For just a couple seconds, you would see the water spraying, you know, past you and running down the wall or painting or whatever it happened to land on. Um, but when you turn to see where it came from, there was nothing there to indicate that water had just come from that area at all. There was no, no water pipe busted and nothing sticking through the wall, nothing. And it made no sense to us. You wouldn't see, you would see the water actually going through the air, or would you just hear the noise of the water as it was splashing? No, we would see the water going, we would actually see the water, you could see the water 
through the air. You could see it shoot past you. But when you turn to see where it came from, there wouldn't even be anybody there. There was just a wall. There weren't people. There wasn't anyone standing there doing it. Um, you didn't hear anyone running off laughing that they did it. I mean, this would this would happen over and over and over again. So this happened, you said, all over the house, basement, door, everywhere. All over. Always yeah. the doors. Always the doors or no? Uh, no, it, no, not at all. No, it was very random. Um, we, we just started covering up things in the house and uh, it, still trying to figure out what was going on. This entire, we'll say two and a half, it was around two and a half weeks. Um, we were trying to figure out what was going on. We were both working full time. Kids were in school full time. This was uh, the end of January. And uh, if I remember right, the year was 2005. Um, it could have been 2006. I would have to honestly look, but it was definitely in at the end of January. Um, as these things happened, we would just start covering up paintings, covering up the uh, you know, anything that we didn't want to get wet. Um, and it was for sure water. It was it was water for sure. Oh, it was absolutely mm. water. Yes, it was water. Um, it was absolutely water. We would take towels, dry it up, um, you know, to just to keep. We had a lot of hardwood floors with rugs, so that part was. It was a nuisance, but the main thing was we were just at a loss for what in the world is this? And during that time, there were other things that were started going on. Um, my youngest son started seeing a lot of uh, paranormal like figures and lights and just you, you, there's just like I said, so much. What what kind of figures? Dark figures, shadow figures, what kind of? A grim, there was. There was a, a Grim Reaper type of figure that I walked through one night when he called me in his room. To, he actually called me in to see the lights that he was seeing on the wall. Um, and when he called me in, the way his bed was positioned, you, he could sit in his bed and he could see right through the hallway and see my room. That, that my husband's in my room. And when he yelled for me, I came out and he, I got in there and he said, Mom, how? And he's seven. My youngest one was about seven. He said, How did you? How did you just walk through that? Like, and he's scared. He's scared to death. Um, my youngest was very scared at the time because he was seeing a lot of things. Um, and by things, I mean, that was the only time he saw, like he described, he described it as a, a black, tall black figure. Um, that tall black figure, that same thing came up many months later. Uh, about eight months later, when our tires were being busted in our locked garages with a police car in the driveway. So, um, again, the story I know is like there's so much to it that we couldn't possibly go into detail about all of it. But the main thing is that we were seeking for some explanation and we did not ever get one. Okay. And so the, you, you were actually seeking explanation from like a contractor. You weren't trying to, you, were you thinking, were you thinking that, you know, this is, this is crazy. Cause it sounds like poltergeist activity. Um, were you thinking yeah. of spiritually, like oh, we need to get somebody in here to bless the house or get somebody in here to look at it. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> just, I just wonder. You know what? Yeah. Uh, I did not at the time. It did not even cross my mind. Now, my oldest son would say, Mom, it's like 
it's like something's following me. I mean, he didn't make that comment. Um, when he would flush the commode downstairs, it would literally hit the ceiling. And I know that sounds insane, but when he would flush the commode on the first floor, it was a half bath. And he at the kitchen's right next door, and I was standing in there, and he screams, and I heard something. I thought, what in the world? Because it sounded louder than normal for the water spray that we had. And when I went in, the the ceiling was totally soaked, and you could stand there and watch it. And he it only happened when he did it. Uh, when he would flush it, it would hit the ceiling, but it would not allow us to video. I tried at this point to video because I'm like, this is just crazy. But did did I think for a moment about it being anything like this? No. And I know now, of course, it, it would be a very obvious to me. But at this point in my life, I did not even consider it. What happened was I had a revelation. I was at school on planning one day, and I was praying, and I'm like, God, I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know if you're trying to drive me crazy or if you're letting something drive me crazy because at this point, things were already, can you imagine? I was already in this relationship, and so with my husband, that things were already, you know, we were fighting a lot, and um Things weren't going well. And now we have on top of that, this, that is just like going to drive any family insane. So I was praying and I, I actually heard the words, um, what I will say, one of the few times in my life, I heard an audible voice from God. And he said, there's nothing you can do. You're not in control. And I don't think I'll ever forget those two sentences because they were a pivotal pivotal uh, moment for me in, in this whole situation and in my life in general, because that turns everything on a dime. Okay. Stay right there. Stay right there. Stay right there. I have to take you back one second before you go there. Okay. Cause that's towards the end. <clears throat> and that's where I want to kind of dovetail to the, how you maybe got some resolution about it or how we can let listeners know maybe what they can do to help themselves out of a mm -hmm. situation like this. But I, I need to talk about the activity in more detail. I want to know your husband's mm -hmm. mindset because guys usually blow stuff like this off. Women, I think, are naturally more uh, intuitive and they feel things when things are wrong in the house, when the energy is wrong in, in different places. Women can pick up on it quick. So can kids, you know, children can too. But what was your husband's demeanor? What was his attitude or what was he saying about the activity? And did he experience anything weird and strange, like seeing things besides the water is what I'm saying, besides the water phenomenon? No. Uh, as far as him experiencing anything other than the water, I'm not aware of it. He he did not. If he did, he did not share that with me um, and, and hasn't to this day. I mean, we, we still, of course, see each other occasionally. Um, we have kids and grandkids, but no, not that I'm aware of. Um, he only saw the water, he only saw um, and, and he did see that. Yeah, uh, he he was trying to figure out what to do. I mean, he would be at work, and and this would just keep going on. Some days I would call him. He's like, "Look, I'm you know I'm trying to you know make a rest. Uh, you know I'm doing this. I'm busy. I, I don't have time to deal with this right now." Um, and then we he'd say, "You know, call the plumber or call you know." And I was you know calling and making arrangements. I was leaving school early to meet up with. Uh, contractors, um, heating and cooling folks. He said, um, you know, maybe call heating and cooling people. Maybe it's condensation. I mean, he knew, he's like, I know it doesn't make sense, but I don't know who else to call. So we were just really desperate and grasping for whatever we could 
to to make sense of it. And we had probably upwards of about 60 people through our house. Um, this included friends, family that were, were trying to help. My dad came one day, um, drilled a hole in the area that it first started. He actually drilled a hole in my crown molding to see if it was damp inside. We had uh, we had a whole crew, set, well, several people, but one particular day, we had a crew of people go through the attic. We're like, is there water up there? Even though it didn't even make sense to just check the attic because it wasn't just happening on the second floor. It was happening on the first floor, too. And so, again, we were just grasping at anything that could make sense of the water. And, of course, that didn't include all the the apparitions that I had actually seen a demon in my mirror. Yeah, tell, tell us about that. Where and where, what mirror were, were you in? It was a, it was a dresser mirror um, that uh, it was in my bedroom. And I had an out-of-body experience. One night I, I went to bed um, and I had the most real experience that I had ever had. Um, I was surrounded by angels. Um, they were all in white robes. I didn't see their faces, but they were surrounding me. And they were forcing me to look up without touching me. They were just, I just knew I had to look up and then it was going to be the scariest thing that I had ever done. And I looked up and I looked into my mirror. I was, um, it, it was my face, but there was like this, like I'll say demonic type of face that was superimposed over my face. And it just, it, it absolutely like shocked me right back into my body as soon as I saw it. Um, and I, I woke up screaming. I woke up praying. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, at this point, of course, I had already had the revelation at school that this was something paranormal, as, as you I mentioned before. So that that experience, along with so many other things going on at the house, of course, we knew um, at that point in the story, because that was later in the story. Um, this it was it was unbelievable. It's the only way I can I can describe it. it. Really is is un it's unfathomable. Let me let me jump in here real quick because okay, so that is scary about the demon face. Did, what about other phenomena yeah. that's normally connected to? I think it's poltergeist. You know, I wanna, but I'm just saying it's it, those types of things, the water and all that stuff is normally connected yeah. with the poltergeist. But did you experience like objects flying across the room or doors opening, slamming shut, anything, voices, no, anything like that? No, there were knocks in the wall behind this, um, this dresser. Um, I did meet up with, uh, it was a person who was an acquaintance of mine, not, not a friend, but an acquaintance. Of course, this got around town pretty quick in a, in a small town. So I was at the store one day when this had been going on and I had this, this girl come up to me and said, you know, I, my mom told me, you know, that what was going on at your house, blah, blah, blah. She said, you know, she said, I had a dream about you last year. Now, I know this is, this is just one of those tie-ins that just, you can't, you, it's called serendipity or whatever you want to call it. Um, she said, I had a dream about you last year. And she said, I, I really I, I didn't know it was about you particularly until mom told me what happened, that you saw a demon in your mirror. And she said, I, I've, she had never been in my house, but she said, I had a dream that we were going to be praying for this. Whoever She said, I just remember that dream was so real. And she said, I had no idea it was you. But the way she described my house and everything, the mirror, it tied right into 
what I was experiencing and what had happened that night. Um, so those type of things would happen too. So there was these outside factors coming in with people like this girl had had this this dream in a premonition form that she was going to be helping someone who had had this, let's say, um, some kind of dark entity definitely behind this mirror. And that's the area, that was the backside of the bathroom. So that wall that the dresser was on, on the other side of that wall was the only full bathroom in the house. And it was the one we all shared. It wasn't a newer home, so it didn't have like a, you know, master bath. But that, that wall is where we would hear like a knocking sound. Um, I would hear the knock. Usually it was me that would hear it. Um, sometimes the kids would hear it. I don't believe that my husband heard it. At least he didn't say that he did. Um, my oldest son would have, uh, he started getting premonitions of things that were going to happen or that had happened. Um, and he would just know things. Um, I, um, what, part of that ties in with what I mentioned earlier about the garages where the, the tires were being busted. Um, just different things would happen with with the garages um, during a, like a probably three week period, um, and this was much much later at the end of the story. You know, like probably eight months after we'd had um, the house cleared. And I know we haven't got there yet, but my son was having premonitions. My youngest son was seeing lots lots of dark figures. Um, he was seeing light. He saw a heartbeat on the wall one night that he described. Um, when he said heartbeat, I didn't know what he meant at first. Um, and he said, no. And I had him draw it for me because he, he liked to draw. I said, well, what do you mean? Because I'm thinking a heart, like, you know, shaped like a kid would draw. Right. And he drew it. He said, no, like when grandma was in the hospital. And then he drew it. And it was like a, um, you know, like an echogram or whatever would have been attached where the chart would have shown yeah the heart the, yeah for for a heartbeat mm -hmm. yes that's what he saw on the wall and white flakes would fall from his fingers that I don't what like he was asking me like mom what's going on why is you know at that point father had already been to the house so again this is kind of way ahead um, from from probably what you're wanting to know later about how we cleared this up but um, he did see what he did see flakes white flakes fall from his fingertips. And I didn't know how to answer that question. I, I couldn't tell him why he was seeing white flakes fall from his fingers. And um, I didn't discount at all. Now, my, my husband did not want to deal with what my youngest was experiencing particularly. Um, he was way, way sensitive to, to everything that was going on. Uh, my youngest was. And he was scared. He would. Did, did you think that it, cause it seems like maybe the activity was centered around him or targeting, targeting him. I know uh, he's young. It could be that he's just young and, and young children are, you know, they're able to see these things um, more so than adults, but. Well, like you mentioned the polter. Yeah. And you mentioned the uh, poltergeist. Um, and I, I, I think we had many things going on at that house. Um, it wasn't just one one thing. Um, you know, some 
some of it could have been the poltergeist activity because my oldest was 13. He's the he's the one that said it sounds like something's following or feels like something's following me around, you know, kind of just joking really at first. Um, and then also the commode would only fly up and the water would literally form a funnel in it um, and hit the ceiling only when he flushed it. Um, but my youngest uh, was definitely experiencing all these lights. And I, after going in one night and seeing a glowing uh, place on the wall that he called me in, um, he wanted me to see. And this uh, probably the diameter of it was, um, oh, probably about the, not quite the size of a basketball. So it was a pretty large circle of glowing light on his wall. And all the drapes were shut. There were no lights back there. He was on the back backside anyway, away from the, the road. And I, I, I really thought, oh, my God, I've got to show him I'm not scared. Because um, I wasn't scared, but I, I also thought, well, what is this? Because if I touch this, what's going to happen? But I just said a prayer, and I said, look, there, you know, there's, there's nothing to worry about. And I put my hand on the wall. And the wall was solid. I mean, I really didn't know what to expect. It was going to be solid or not. Um, but it was. And, and actually, the light just, like, it just faded away. Like, I don't, know, I don't know what that was, but there was some kind of light glowing from that wall. He also one night saw a hand press through the wall. Um, so you can imagine, he didn't sleep in his room very much. Um, he was sleeping with, with his older brother. He wanted to sleep in his older brother's room. Um, you know, even, I mean, through, through, a, I mean, he did that for off and on for that whole year. I mean, even after we did get things taken care of, um, because he was young and of course that stuck with him. So I do think that the, the children were, uh, picking up a lot. Uh, and I actually asked for, um, for my ability to see, um, in a better way because I totally believe what was going on and, what they were experiencing and what the, what the kids were experiencing because there was too many things I, w I was experiencing as well. So I, I did ask, I did a lot of praying during this time and I asked for, um, for my gift to be open, to be able to see what Jacob was like, what he was seeing. Now I never did see the, the forms. I never saw forms, um, but I did see the light. I remembered seeing them as a child and I thought, oh, my gosh, I had totally forgotten about looking into the dark as a child and seeing this, like, whole other world of light. And that gift did open back up to me at that time. And I would start, I could see them without, like, taking pictures with the camera. But they would show up. Sometimes I would, I would get a feeling that something was around. I'd run. I'd take a picture. Um, I did capture a form in one of the pictures. We were outside. Um, it was a form, uh, a white form, actually. Um, and I, of course, I have those pictures. Um, some of them, I believe, might be on the YouTube, on my YouTube channel uh, still, because I had put them on there when the book, book came out. Let me ask you about the, um, were there any, was, was any, did you experience any activity outside the house, like in the yard, maybe? I know you said the garage, but anything outside? Uh, strange things happen to you guys outside. Uh, the thing, the only things outside would have been in the garage that the the cars were being busted. There was a figure out there one night when the when the tires were busted. Okay, and did you did you manage to put up any cameras or motion sensors? And I mean, cameras would have been better, but 
did you put anything up like that or get anything on video? We we did try to video um, several times, so like the water splashing. Um, we were not able to capture that. We didn't like set up anything. We did have uh, a video camera, you know, like the big clunky, clunkier video cameras at that time. Remember, this was like 2005. Um, but it would shut off whenever it would like light would come in and it would not let you video. I tried to video the water shooting up from the commode. Because that was something you could control more. Like when when he would flush it, it would happen. So it was a good chance of being able to capture that as opposed to just standing there and randomly capturing something else because you never knew when it was going to happen. Um, so we were not able to capture that. It would go black. It would go sometimes it would go just total light, and it, it just would not capture the the um, bathroom. Did you? That's that's just so crazy and strange. Um, I don't know if I would have stayed there. I think I would have left. But let me ask you about, did you ever contemplate that? Did you ever <laughs> contemplate leaving? Like, is this is ridiculous and oh, I'm not dealing oh, with it anymore. Oh, yes. We're leaving. Oh, yes. Yes, we did. Actually, we we were talking about it. Cause I, I said, obviously, we can't go on like this. Uh, but that's when we had some advice to contact a priest because, we, you know, we knew that, you know, that I was praying for, for whatever it was to stop and that wasn't working. and. So we got the advice to call a priest and we got a priest involved. So that's really why I'm sure we wouldn't have stayed there much longer um, because really, you, it, it, yes, it was livable, but it was not, um, it, it wasn't something you would want to deal with all the time. I think it could have got, I mean, it, I think it had the potential for getting worse even than what it was. Let me, okay. So uh, what about strange behavior? Did, did your husband or even you or your children Exhibit, exhibit any type of strange behavior during this time, like something t- taken over your body, anything like that? I have to ask that question. Oh, that's no. Um, I I don't I don't think that any anybody was acting any you know any stranger than you would with this going on in your house. I mean, we were all on edge, but no, there wasn't any. Um, there wasn't like any. Extor, you know, exorcistic type of behaviors or, you know, possession type of behaviors. Um, what I found out later was uh, I had attachments. Um, I did go to an energy lady after we, uh, after we got the priest involved. I did go to an energy healer um, in Charleston, West Virginia. And that's where my, my spiritual journey really, really began. Um, and I, I did have some amazing experiences there with her um, that I share in the book. And I did have a release of those attachments that were with me. And that's what I was experiencing. And, you know, we all bring in attachments. Um, you know, every person can get attachments because our, our field is like sticky tape. You know, we walk through Walmart or we walk through, you know, the park. Um, when you're in close proximity to people, you are going to have a tendency to pick up their energy. And when you live with people, of course, even more so. And my husband was working with people who were very, very um, sometimes volatile, uh, you know, domestic violence, you know, uh, sexual abuse, children, you know, that sort of thing, um, drug abuse, people that were using drugs. So anytime you're around people like that, you really need to clear your field. I didn't know about that to this degree back then. So all of that was happening on a daily basis. You get reintroduced to these um, these energies. And they're not all good. So it is important to clear your field. 
and to, to be aware of how you feel. And of course, I've learned that now, but it took a lot for me to get yeah, to this you're point. exactly right. I don't think people realize that they really need to um, learn more about educate themselves about uh, attachments and then how they can affect your life. And how to identify attachments, you know, how to kind of discern whether or not you have one. I wanted to also ask you about the history of your home. Um, did you look into that? Like, I'm I'm wondering about previous tenants or people that have lived there, owners, previous owners. Did they experience anything like this prior to your living there? Uh, the, the previous tenants, um, I actually had spoken with them. They actually had built a house right behind ours. And had moved into it. They built a newer home. They had never experienced anything there, they said, at all. Um, and it was not like that when we moved in. So I'm glad you asked that because, you know, I've, I've always said we did not move into a, quote, haunted house. When we moved in there, none of this stuff was going on. So it wasn't like there was this. It, there are places that you can go that are like that. But th- this was not the case with our house. Um, we had lived there approximately eight years when this happened. Got gotcha. you. And let's let's go ahead and talk about the getting the priest involved. Um, was that difficult? I mean, some people that, you know, try to reach out to a church or whatever, a local church, they get turned down or they don't want to have anything to do with helping the family through anything in through anything like this. Um, did you face any of those difficulties trying to get someone to come out there? Uh we I had contacted my church minister and he recommended I call the priest. He had no, he did not even, you know, even come and pray with us at the house. Um, he just didn't have any experience in that. So I did contact a priest who was again in Ohio. Um, we lived on the border of Ohio and West Virginia. So when I contacted the priest and explained to him what was going on, he was very conservative. He said um, he wasn't going to jump to conclusions. He would come and bless the house. And we did not need to be Catholic for him to do that. So he did bless the house. Um, it did help. Um, things weren't, they weren't, it wasn't happening as often. Everything was still going on, but it wasn't happening as often. Um, and then, of course, that only lasted a little while. And we did start going. He invited us to come to church. Um, my husband agreed, yes, he would be interested in going. And so the boys and my husband and I started going to church there. Um, and he, what happened, the priest ended up coming back and he had not blessed outside. So when that, the things happened in the garage area, he had come back and blessed the outside, but he did end up coming back and having to do what's called a house exorcism. Um, and he had had some experience with that. He did have to get, uh, permission from the diocese to do it. Um, but he did come and do it, um, because he did have some experience with that, um, with a couple other incidents were all. But um, I was just very thankful because I have heard at many of the book signings that I've done, especially the ones in Ohio, um, one person in particular, I'm in Columbus, Ohio now, and uh, a person that had come to my book signing up here at Barnes & Noble uh, said, hey, you know, it's amazing you got a priest to come because we had all this activity going on on a farm we had, and we could not get a priest to come uh, from Ohio, even though we lived in Ohio, because we were not Catholic. Um, we did not have that problem, and I'm so very thankful to this day. I do believe in divine intervention and the synchronicity of the plan, you know, the divine plan. Um, not that you don't have any choice in, in your plan, but that just that, that that this particular priest was the one who was designated to help us, and, and help us he did. He, he did. He came in 
Um, he did. He brought the body of Christ with him the third time. He, because by that point, he he realized this is not this is not just as simple as a as a house blessing. This is more complicated than I thought. I am going to go ahead with this house exorcism. At first, he was very, like I said, conservative, and that that was fine. Um, it just things lasted longer because of it. But we went, you know, maybe two two weeks or more after that, and, and when he came back and did the house exorcism, there was one last splat in the hallway right where it started because we, we were standing in, in my youngest son's room and we could, we heard the spot and it went right through that portal at the top of the stairs where it all started. And that was, that was very important. But, I mean, I didn't know much about portals and all of that now uh, at that time. Uh, and now, you know, sometimes people will call me and ask me to do come and clear their house or teach them about their energy field. And I'm just glad, I'm thankful that I, I, feel confident enough to do that and to be able to help people that way now. Yeah, that that is great. Um, I'm glad you, you found some type of resolution to your, to your situation. I mean, you don't have any type of nothing has happened since he did that or is it just every now and then it happens? After, after he blessed the house and after he exercised the house, he did come back because the garage thing was, was months later. Um, and we, he did, you know, clear that as well. Um, but it wasn't probably about two years later. Uh, my husband and I did divorce, did, did not have anything to do with, with what went on. Um, and I moved out and then he eventually sold the house. So I do not, you know, I have not heard anything. It's a small town. So I think I would have heard, uh, even though I don't live in that area anymore, um, much of my family does. So I haven't mm-hmm. heard anything about the new owners having any issues. Got you. Okay. So the last question I want to ask you, like, can you tell us about something that truly like scared the hell out of you? If anything like that happened, like something really shook you out of that whole situation. the, The scariest thing for me was to realize that I had opened up all of those events myself that I, because of a prayer, which is you basically creating a portal when you pray, you create a, a channel directly from you to, to God or whatever someone wants to call, you know, the divine, the infinite, you know, however you want to look at that, you are opening a portal when you pray. And the scariest thing for me to realize is how much power that we all have to open up that channel. And you have to be very careful with what you not only ask for, but what you, um, what you pray for, even if it's in a positive way. I wanted change and that I, I don't regret that prayer at all. But I, I did realize the, the power, the immense um, strength that is that we can find in ourselves through all of that. Um, if I hadn't prayed that prayer, I am convinced that what had happened would not have happened. It was because of that prayer. It was no it was no coincidence that we had lived there for eight years and then not experienced any of this. And within three days after I prayed a prayer in the shower, that this happened, that this all started. No coincidence. Um, and it, people can believe and experience what they want. But if you do really want to tap into your power, you know, you, you just you just need to pray and believe and definitely educate yourself on, you know, if you're having anything going on in your home or if you're having 
um, you know, feelings of frustration or whatever, I'm not advising anyone to pray an angry prayer. But I'm saying that there is power in prayer. And you can, you know, you can pray, pray your way, but there is power there. And it does open up channels to, um, to some things that we just can't, we can't comprehend, can't understand, but yet we know it's there. Got you. All right. So this is a fascinating story. And the book is called Rain No Evil based on, based on true events. And it, it is available on Amazon. Is it, is this on audiobook? It is not on audiobook, but I've had uh, several people reach out to me and want it on audiobook. So I may, um, I would love to actually do that myself uh, with, with my voice so that that would convey, um, I think, even more meaning. But I, I would love to do that. I have not done that. Gotcha. Okay. So tell my listeners where they can find out more information about you or anything else you may be working on. They may have questions for you. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm writing a self-help book right now, which involves a lot to do with not just relationships, which is part of um, my evolution here and what's, what happened, but also uh, to do with the spiritual uh, connection, how to protect yourself, um, all of those things. Uh, I'm writing a new self-help book on that right now. So it's not out yet, but I did just release, release uh, a story. It's a fantasy called the Emerald Island Elixir. And it's available also on Amazon Kindle right now. It's free if you have unlimited Kindle. Um, and I do have a website that is like the hub for everything that I do. I have the, the healing uh, business that I do. I see clients from home and I often do events um, where I do healing events. So if you go to michellezorkel.com, uh, that will lead you to the healing site. It'll lead you to my book, um, pretty much anything about me. I have a YouTube channel and all of that. So uh, it's Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-E. There's just one L. And it's Zirkel, Z like zebra, I-R-K-L-E.com. Right, very good, Michelle. Many blessings to you, and I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening. I invite you to follow my other podcast, Mysterious Radio. Please share this show with others that are interested in the paranormal. I want to give a special thanks to our co-creator and executive producer, Kim Kyle, who brought this show to you today. And working hard behind the scenes, our team of four, I want to thank them as well. I am your host, K-Town, and you're listening to Paranormal Fears. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.